Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Community Garden Radio Show. This is Community Garden Revolution. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, think since I've done this since 2014, I know the name of the show. Well, I was reading some stuff, so it was good. It's Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel, and we're so glad to have you here. I'm telling you, it's been a long weekend for us so far, and so the, I think Saturday. Saturday, yeah. We're trying to make a, uh, the uh, recipes up that we're doing for Christmas and um, my mom and brother have, like, times in the kitchen every so often that they go ahead and they uh, cook up or bake up, uh, mostly it's baking, uh, different items. And, of course, they do pre- peanut beer, peanut brittle, and they do uh, fresh caramels, and, uh, you know, they wrap them up. And these are several hundred uh, pieces of caramel that we make. And uh, so uh, I'm responsible for cutting up the wax paper and helping with the wrapping. But... Um, then we put those in little baggies that we give to different people or little sacks uh, that we send in the mail uh, or we go ahead and give them to different people around town, uh, different ways of saying thank you for what they've done for us. And, of course, uh, they used to do a, a fruitcake, uh, but the uh, uh, two other guys in the situation that uh, used to share it with my mom and a few of her other friends, uh, they have uh, one of them has passed. And so mom doesn't have the same zing to do this year. So this year we're not making fruitcake, uh, but we may make a small batch for her. Uh, so uh, And then sometimes uh, she'd go ahead and, and make sure there's a lot of uh, bourbon on there uh, for those guys because when we're sitting down to Florida, uh, then they'd add more. <laughs> so we don't drink, but, you know, it's part of the recipe. Uh, and uh, then um, – we cook, we do some other, uh, I always say cook, but it's baking. We do some other uh, cookies and that kind of thing, whatever. I'm already salving. And we're now looking up some other uh, recipes, and so we're going to make a, some, a batch of donuts, which should be a hoot. So I can't wait to do that. But um, I'm basically the, ta- the uh, taste tester. Uh, I, I do really well with that, and uh, I'm pretty good at it, I think. Um, I one year made up a little badge and then put it on, uh, and then uh, of course was teasing him about it. But I do other things. Sometimes I do the shows, like what I'm doing right now, and um, I do just other things. And then when they need me, they call for me, and I come out to the kitchen and uh, do uh, uh, my taste testing, which is my job. And uh, they get a chance to do some uh, time together, and which is always good. And uh, so uh, it works out really well. I'm the taste tester. Did I tell you that? Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I'm good at it. What do I say? So uh, we're wanting to uh, push today the American Community Gardening Association, their 40th annual conference. It's going to be at Indianapolis, Indiana here soon, a few days. And that's exciting for the Midwest. Yay! Uh, So that we don't have to travel all the way to California or all the way to the East Coast uh, for the conference. And uh, so, yay, welcome to the Midwest. Welcome to Indiana. And uh, it's going to be fun, I think. It's just going to be a fun time. So if you get an opportunity to come, do register. Uh, do contact the people there at the American Community Garden Association and see how you can get a part of that. 
I looked at the roster and of what they're going to be doing. I'm going to tell it to you here in a moment. And I mean to tell you, they are going to do some fun, neat things. It's going to be awesome. So, okay, let me see here. We're going to come back, and that's what I'll do then. I'll just go ahead and go down the listing of the different things that they are are going to do because uh, really it's a great opportunity for the Midwest to host them. And they've already had, I think, uh, the opportunity of uh, giving some brochures or having some ready for people when they uh, do their uh, visiting uh, there in Indianapolis, Indiana. So uh, I think it would be a great opportunity for the Midwest to really roll out the red carpet and uh, uh, show everyone a good time or at least have the opportunity uh, that they can have the good time. So, all right, you're listening to Community Garden Revolution for sure, and uh, we will uh, see you on the other side. And we're going to go ahead and go through... Uh, events and information about the American Community Gardening Association, the 40th Annual Conference there in Indianapolis, Indiana. I think it's going to be a great time uh, that uh, folks are going to really enjoy uh, what they're going to be seeing and hearing, and uh, we're just so glad to have them uh, in the Midwest. Uh, More of the folks around the Midwest have the opportunity to now attend. So uh, we welcome them and hope that the... uh, uh, the weather is good. It's supposed to be about 95 in the southern part of the Midwest, so I'm, I don't know yet what's going to be there for that event uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana. But uh, for us, uh, it's going to be about 95. They thought it was going to be 97 one of the days, 96. Now it's what's going to be. Hey, 95, 96, 97, isn't it all about the same? I mean, really. So, but anyway, uh, so for the uh, conference on the uh, 12th through the 14th, uh, it's, of course, the 15th when you can go do do your own thing, uh, it's called Gardening at the Crossroads. And uh, first on the uh, September 12th, they're going to have registration, and then pre-conference is going to be done by the Cornell University Lab of Ornithology. And then they're going to have a welcome reception uh, in the evening. I think that's going to be uh, an awesome time to do some networking with other nations, other nations, other, you think we're the UN, uh, other cities and other states. Uh, then uh, on Friday, that's going to be a big day, uh, it's going to be a registration again, a continental breakfast that they'll have. Uh, they'll do a welcome opening kind of thing, and then they'll start breaking out in different works, workshop sessions for folks. Uh, that's going to be... Um, Let's see, one hour at a time. So they've got two workshops that are going to go on. And then after that, they'll have a luncheon with uh, the speaker being Joe Ellen Myers Sharp. Uh, she's a keynote speaker. And uh, then uh, that's going to be from 1230 to 2. Then in the afternoon, they're going to go ahead and break out and have some workshops again, an hour apiece. So there'll be two of them. And then they're going to have uh, in the evening the annual meeting of Meet the Board Networking. Now, that should be really fun. So, um, you know, and then, of course, uh, tell your regions or your states, you know, what it is that you want to find out about, the trends, any kind of laws, uh, any kind of changes you want to see, any kind of upgrades, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Do tell people ahead of time if you've got someone that's going uh, in your area and you can't make it. So, okay. Now, Saturday will be fun time because they're going to start doing, uh, they're going to have registration, then in the morning to about 2 o'clock, they're going to do garden tours, which is featuring community and gardening 
Uh, and then they're going to uh, also have urban farming. And see, the USDA is going to be helping out with a lot of this stuff on that. So that's wonderful to have them aboard this year. And then at 6 to 10 o'clock in the evening on September 14th, which is Saturday, they're going to have the 40th year uh, American Community Garden Association Gala Dinner Celebration. And it's also going to have a silent auction. They are going to have uh, Brandon Cosby, who's going to be a keynote speaker during that. Uh, and it's going to be at the J.W. Marriott downtown in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm telling you, folks, that is an awesome place. I don't think anybody has stayed there that has not said that was an awesome place. So that is exciting that they get an opportunity to come to Indianapolis and go to a really neat place, uh, you know, hotel uh, convention site. So uh, congratulations, and I just believe you're going to enjoy that. Now, Sunday, they said that's basically visiting all your own and you can do what you want to do, uh, and then they've got, uh, of course, all kinds of information that you could uh, see the 500 Speedway area if you wanted to, or the, their museum. Uh, you can see the Children's Museum, which I'm telling you is awesome, awesome. They're going through some expansions right now. And uh, there's different kind of places downtown that are very eclectic, is what I'll say, even though you'll find on the website, www.communitygarden.org, that they have a hotel there that uh, already has some room rates that are uh, very good for you to choose from. They have really neat uh, little shops, uh, little eateries that are cool. They've got a jazz place down there, uh, all kinds of neat uh, music or uh, artsy kind of places. Uh, so, uh, of course, there's the business side down there, lots of business things. Uh, but uh, a really neat downtown just to kind of, you know, scope it out, kind of like the old days of scoping out a, a revitalized uh, downtown. Uh, now, they're like any other downtown. We stayed one time uh, downtown about uh, three or four years ago downtown. Otherwise, we stay somewhere else. But um, And it was just like our town. Ours is a medium-sized town. And our downtown is nothing. I mean, you could throw bowling balls there in the evening time. Well, believe it or not, real late at night, that's the same way uh, they are. And I noticed on some of the uh, news things, uh, New York is the same way after a certain time. So that's interesting with all those people there. But um, people are getting wiser, smarter, and or they're going somewhere else to uh, do things. But it's a, a great uh, place to visit and uh, feel that you're part of a revitalization happening going on, some going and growing, a lot of changes in the building, so they have a fresh look to them. Um, and they've opened up a new bus line uh, area thing, a new line, I think it's called a red line. I'm not sure what that means or what that's about. But um, uh, but anyway, so there's a lot of changes going on down there, and you can see uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, you know, where the Colts play. We love Passing by Lucas Oil Stadium, it, we just oh, it's just such a treat. Uh, it's a big, massive place uh, in the middle of downtown. But uh, there's a lot of neat things to do, and so you can call uh, at 877-ASK-ACGA, or you can email them at info at communitygarden.org. Now, that, again, is ASK, uh, I'm sorry, 1-877-ASK-ASK. A-C-G-A, or you can email them at info at communitygarden.org. So uh, you should be able to find out a lot of information about the event. Uh, they do this every year. This is the 40th year. They're really excited about uh, doing this for 40 years now. And uh, hats off to them for all they do for America. Uh, it's such a treat uh, to be able to help try to 
uh, start more community gardens and also see more people doing it and also people uh, benefit from it for their health and also their pocketbooks. Uh, you can save money by growing your own food. So that we love that idea. We love it. Anyway, we can pinch a penny here, penny there. It does add up. We see the big difference when we do that. So uh, we've just been getting better and better at it. And uh, we're just so excited that uh, the, uh, the American Community Gardening Association is coming to the Midwest. So, so I hope our community garden people come. <laughs> I'm hoping. So, all right. So now we're going to go to something a little bit more serious. Uh, the uh, weather uh, has been really something this year, and uh, uh, it's been that way for the last two years. As you know, there's been a lot of uh, hurricanes that just stay over uh, land, and they just simmer there for a while, and then they move on. And it's a new way or new normal, possibly. So um, the uh, weather cane, the weather and hurricane experts believe that there will be more Atlantic Basin hurricanes than previously forecasted in the coming months. And uh, so uh, they want to kind of uh, address that situation and what's going on with it. So we do hope the best for the people in the Bahamas. Horrible situation there, horrible. Uh, and... Um, uh, anybody else is affected by the flooding up and down the uh, uh, coastline there. We have uh, friends and relatives in Florida, and we heard from one uh, one relative's uh, uh, daughter. Um, she was kind of out for about four days and finally resurfaced and said that she was all right, but she said it was one of the most scary things she's been through. So uh, we do feel for the people that are uh, in the path of the uh, hurricanes uh, that go up and down the uh, coastline there, and we're glad that it didn't, uh, uh, you know, there's two different ways it could have gone, or a few different ways, and we're glad it didn't go across the state and hit the other side in the Gulf. We know a lot more people on the Gulf side, and um, then go up toward, uh, uh, you know, Louisiana and hit New Orleans again. So, uh, but we're sorry that it happened uh, with a lot of flooding for anyone, and uh, we hope the best for those uh, communities and those people. So just be safe and just be aware of what's going on. But let's go ahead and listen to the story by the USDA about the uh, concern about a rise in Atlantic uh, hurricane activity for the rest of 2019. We are in the window for the peak of the annual Atlantic hurricane season. If you look at the statistics, the actual peak of the season tends to occur in early September, which means we get roughly half the storms forming before that date, half the storms after that date. September 10th is kind of the benchmark for that. And according to USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey, it had been a quiet season to date. Only three named storms prior to Hurricane Dorian's arrival. Yet Rippey says Dorian is an indication of what is expected to become a more active tropical storm and hurricane season for the remainder of 2019. For the most recent National Hurricane Center update for the Atlantic Basin, whereas back in May we were looking at a forecast of 9 to 15 named storms in the Atlantic Basin, the August update bumps that number to 10 to 17. At the same time, the expected number of hurricanes for the entire June to November season, initially thought to be in the range of 4 to 8, has been bumped slightly to 5 to 9 expected hurricanes. So in terms of probability, when we looked at this back in May, we were expecting about a 70% likelihood of a near or above normal hurricane season. That number has also been bumped up a little bit. Now we're looking at an 80% likelihood of near or above normal tropical activity in the Atlantic Basin. As for why the boost in expected tropical storm and hurricane activity, 
Rippy says it is connected to the demise of the latest version of a weather phenomenon. El Nino has faded away over the last several weeks. It has been declared officially ended, and as a result, we have some impacts across the Atlantic Basin. Impacts that bode themselves to more tropical storms and hurricanes. One of those factors is less wind shear across the formation zone of the Atlantic Basin, and that could lead to storms forming across the equatorial Atlantic Basin over the next few weeks. As well as what Rippy calls particularly warm weather in the Atlantic Basin. Particularly in the formation zone in the Gulf of Mexico and in the Caribbean Sea, as well as along the Atlantic seaboard, and warmer than normal water can also lead to more rapid and more explosive hurricane and tropical storm development. Meanwhile, on the opposite side of the Atlantic Ocean around the African continent, we have an active monsoon season across Africa, and as we move into the peak of the season in September and early October, the storms that come off of the African coast, off of West Africa, often are the seeds for what eventually become tropical storms and hurricanes. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. Thanks, Rod. So just watch the weather casting and see uh, if something is coming your way. But uh, find ways to uh, watch for the flooding. That is the main thing they found in the last two years is what the problem is, is the flooding. So um, good luck to all. Uh, now here's a study uh, that, not a study, um, uh, uh, oh, I'm trying to say a new story, uh, that the USDA came up with, and they call it the Food Symphony or Food Safety Symphony of Airs. It's new studies are showing that many of us are taking a lot of food safety chances in our kitchens. Now, this should be interesting because uh, I try to be as careful as I can on uh, not uh, intersecting meats when I cut them and bag them for freezing. Uh, I also try to watch out um, when something is contaminated with another thing or I try to make sure that I've washed it. And I always make sure that my sponges and uh, my uh, towels are, are cleaned so let's find out what the USDA and through the study has found out. And now, some light classical music to set the mood. Hey, the Symphony of Errors here is our attempt to at least bring a bit of culture to our reports. Uh, bacterial culture, but culture nonetheless. Our report today is on a Department of Agriculture study that was done in test kitchens with about 300 volunteers given the job of cooking some chicken thighs and salads to go with it. And we watch how they cook and we record it and we take microbiological sampling around and we see really what happened in the kitchen. And what happened is a little scary. So this Symphony of Errors uh, sort of fits, but let's kill it. Anyway, that was Chris Bernstein there with the Ag Department's Food Safety and Inspection Service. Now, food safety experts have been saying for some time, don't wash poultry before cooking it, and yet... Almost two-thirds of Americans wash their chicken before they cook it. Now, in the Ag Department study, the chicken was spiked with a harmless traceable bacteria that mimics salmonella, and so... The first thing we saw which was really concerning was just the level of cross-contamination that happens when chicken is washed. The water splatters and splashes, gets on a lot of things, the countertops, utensils. And most concerning, the contamination ended up in the salad that people were putting together to go with their chicken thighs. That's food that you would be putting that salad directly in your mouth. It wouldn't be cooked, and 
more than a quarter of those side salads actually were contaminated. And it wasn't just in kitchens where the cooks were washing the poultry. It happened to some extent in a lot of the kitchens. But wait, there's more. Another error in that symphony of errors you were referring to <laughs> is related to hand washing. The study found that an incredible 98% of the hand washing that should have occurred during the study did not occur effectively according to CDC's guidance. And so people's hands were carrying bacteria and depositing it on almost everything they touched. Chris says before we start preparing food, and especially after we've been working with raw meat and poultry, we need to stop, wash our hands thoroughly like the song says. Wash them, rub them, and please make sure you scrub them. Wet them, put soap on them, scrub for 20 seconds, rinse off the soap with water, and then dry them preferably with a totally clean cloth or paper towel. One other finding during this last study surprised some experts. It concerns the sink. The kitchen sink may look shiny and clean, but it could be harboring food poisoning bacteria that can easily be spread, especially if you wash your raw poultry in the sink before cooking. Now, yes. We always hear back from people saying, well, I know I shouldn't wash poultry, but I do a really good job cleaning up. And what was fascinating is that Three-quarters of people didn't even try to clean their sink after they washed poultry. A hundred percent of those that tried to clean their sink did not do so effectively. To be effective, two steps. Run hot water and get out all the bits of debris, and then just spraying it with a bleach-based sanitizer. But doing that regularly to your sink will help keep you from being sunk by food poisoning bacteria. And that is our Symphony of Errors for today. In Washington, Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And I have two uh, sponges I keep by the sink. Um, one is for all the dirty stuff or washing that sink. And then the other one is just for, like, washing dishes or doing stuff like that or whatever. So uh, that works for me. Uh, you know, do whatever you do. Uh, again, I wash off the dishcloths or the towels, that kind of stuff, or whatever, constantly. Um, so I'm hoping that I've got enough clean area or a clean uh, sink, that kind of thing. And we do use Clorox every so often to clean out the sink and then, of course, the piping there, too, because uh, we don't like smells. We don't like anything growing, um, you know, underneath those uh, pipe areas, you know, inside the pipe areas. So so it, just do what you can and do the best you can, but at least do something. Some people don't, and I just don't know how, you know, I just don't know how they do it or how they get by with it, but, but everybody's different, you know, everybody's different. <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, we've got torrents of tomato tangles and tomfoolery. If you think tomatoes are a common and non-controversial food, well, you may be wrong. And Gary Crawford has more from the USDA. It's not enough today for a reality show to have controversy. No, today it's got to have conflict, confrontation, and by golly, we're going to have it for you today. We are coming to you from the Vegetation Tent of the Agriculture Department's Farmers Market here in Washington, D.C. Our two vegetators today, Chantel Oyi and Tommy Aljapalye. So, Chantel, Tommy, what controversial subject have you women chosen to lecture on today? Tomatoes. I knew it, Chantel. You said what? Tomatoes. And you said? Tomatoes. And which is it? Tomatoes. Oh, wow. Hard-hitting confrontation right off the bat there. Tomato or tomato? Tomatoes. Fine. And uh, tell me, if uh, you were in your native Nigeria, what would you call it? Tomato. Yet another pronunciation. But, of course, uh, beyond how to pronounce tomato, uh, toma the product, uh, Chantel, you're saying there's a big debate about the actual identity of them. Are they vegetables? Are they fruits? Or what? Tomatoes are technically a fruit because 
they are the ripened ovary of the plant. Ah, but there may be some legal objections to that. Let's go back to the year 1883. Congress passes a tax on all vegetables that are coming into the U.S. from other countries. No tax on imported fruits. John Nix there is a food importer. He sues the Port of New York and its tax guy, Mr. Hedden, for all the tax that Nix has paid over the years on the tomatoes he had imported because, as Chantel correctly stated... Tomatoes are technically a fruit. Well, in this case, in 1893, it goes all the way to the Supreme Court. How did it come out? The Supreme Court ruled that tomatoes would be considered vegetables. What? Well, that caused quite a stir, didn't it? But wait, there's more. Another big confrontation involving tomatoes. We're going to save that for the end, though. Uh, the debate about tomatoes has not kept Americans from consuming them. Chantel, uh, you said tomatoes are what? The second most commonly consumed vegetable, right behind potatoes. At almost 94 pounds a person per year. Now, Tony, you have been telling folks here how to choose good, ripe ones, look for bright colors, fairly firm skin. What else? Do you want to avoid soft-feeling tomatoes? or dull-colored tomatoes. Okay, and when we get them home, how should we store them? What's your take on that? You want to store them in a cool and dry place, not the fridge. Not, no, not the fridge. Why not? Um, they lose their texture and flavors and nutrients when they're too cold. Yeah, so do I. Now, the ultimate tomato conflict. Now, these are actual sounds from this massive battle that happens every August in the eastern Spanish town of Buñol. The battle is called La Tomatina. Which involves 40,000 people throwing around 150,000 tomatoes at each other. No kidding. It's chaos. It's conflict. It's a mess. Chantel, Chantel, put down the tomato. Don't aim that at me. No, it might go off. I'm begging you. Don't throw that. It's a burger. Hmm. Tastes pretty good. Uh, this is Gary Crawford with a hard-hitting report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington. And thank you so very much, Gary Crawford. That's awesome. Okay, we want to remind you real fast about the American Community Gardening Association that's going to have their 40th annual conference in the Midwest. We're very excited here at Indianapolis, Indiana, and we welcome you so much here because uh, it's going to be a great opportunity for the people in the Midwest uh, to be able to uh, learn from uh, the different people, networking, and so on, of what happens in the nation with community gardens. So if you have the opportunity of going, uh, do contact the folks uh, at the American Community Gardening Association. Uh, that's 877-ASK-ACGA. Or you can email them, but to give them a call because it's almost time for the uh, conference to, to start. And uh, they're going to be uh, there in downtown Indianapolis. They have a hotel that you can stay at that has good pricing to it. Um, they've got a gala event that's going to be on Saturday evening that's going to be out of this world. It's going to be in the JW Marriott that's going to be downtown uh, in, in Indianapolis. And that is an awesome place. So high styling is what they'll be doing then. But uh, you can also go on the different garden tours and also the um, the urban farming things that they have there. So it's going to be very interesting uh, what they do provide uh, as far as activities there. They've got some great workshops that are going to be happening, some super speakers. Uh, it's just going to be a great opportunity to also, again, find out what the trends are, uh, what uh, problems people are having in their towns, great networking opportunities. So it's the American Community Gardening Association's 40th Annual Conference in Indianapolis, Indiana. Welcome to the Midwest. We're so glad to have you here, and uh, have a great time, y'all. Uh, this is uh, Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel. Have a great Community Garden Day.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.